Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Marty McDermott, the president of Franchise Interviews, and I can't start today's show without talking about the ISO 10002. You know, some people just love to complain, but companies have a responsibility to care. The International Organization for Standardization, ISO, has revised ISO 10002, the standard for complaint handling. This document enables organizations to foster a customer-focused environment, open the feedback, heightening their customer satisfaction. You can get the ISO 10002 standard from the American National Standards Institute, ANSI, the U.S. member body of ISO. Visit ANSI.org forward slash complain to learn more. That's ANSI.org forward slash complain to learn more. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now... Welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 13 years now, we've been asking the franchipreneurs of one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. Well, we're welcoming back Peter Holtz of the Joint Chiropractic Franchise. And the Joint Chiropractic Franchise revolutionized the $15 billion chiropractic industry by making chiropractic care more accessible, convenient, and affordable than before. We're going to talk to Peter about that in just a moment on Franchise Interviews. So stick around because we have a great show. Are you one of those special people who are willing to go after your dreams and goals? Are you ready to fulfill that dream of owning your own business with the security of a proven brand? The opportunity to take control of your future and own a Rita's Italian Ice franchise is within your reach. Rita's is seeking success-oriented individuals who are ready to make a change in their life, and Rita's offers unparalleled training and support to assure your success. And did you know the frozen treat industry is a recession-proof industry and there are Rita's in 23 states currently with 540 stores open. Rita's Italian Ice has been around for 25 years and is listed as a top-performing franchise by the Wall Street Journal. Now here's the really good part. Rita's Italian Ice is a unique and amazing taste treat. It's smoother than a snow cone and it combines ice with real fresh fruit. The real fruit adds dramatically to the taste, and it comes in over 40 flavors. The ice and fruit are mixed on site and made fresh daily, and it is delicious. You'll want to know more about this exciting and successful franchise opportunity. Go to www.ownaritas.com and get all your questions answered. That's www.ownaritas.com to take control of your dreams and future today. You don't want to wait any longer to be a part of this adventure. www.ownaritas.com Hi, 
Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 13 years now, we've been asking the entrepreneurs along one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today. Well, we're welcoming back Peter Holt of the Joint Chiropractic Franchise. And the Joint Chiropractic Franchise revolutionized the $15 billion chiropractic industry by making chiropractic care more accessible, convenient, and affordable than before. Hi, Peter. How are you? Welcome to the show. Hey, Welcome Marty. Back to the it's great to hear your voice. It's <laughs> a real pleasure. <laughs> it's great to hear yours. It's funny. It seems like you know. It, it seems like yesterday, Peter, that I last spoke to you, but I think it was almost like three years ago. I said, I said, time flies when you're having fun, right? Oh, it does. And then you put on top of that the, this this COVID pandemic, and it just feels like, oh my gosh, that was another lifetime ago. It, it sure does. It's it's crazy. It's 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 bad here in Pennsylvania too, Peter. I I, I know probably Arizona. It's it's lightened up a little bit, but um, our governor. I mean, he still has like these really tough restrictions here. I mean, you, you can't even get a haircut. If people are driving to West Virginia and Delaware to get haircuts, if you can imagine that. No, I can. I, I actually, because um, we also have a lot of clinics in California, and so it's yeah. interesting how oh, yeah. how different it is from state to state and so you know what we faced in colorado versus what we face in arizona versus pennsylvania we operate in 34 states so we run the gamut of as each state determines you know what is their their definition of shelter in place and when are they going to release those uh, you know know, the uh, restrictions and you know what 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 is the definition of essential and and so it's 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 quite a gamut to to work your way through there's no question about it it is, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel, so I, I hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll be there soon. <laughs> I, but yeah, I, I, there, there will be. I mean, there will be. There's no question. We yeah. will get through this. That's no doubt. Absolutely. As I was mentioning, Peter, you know, we had you on the show a few years ago, and you know, maybe, and since that time, we we have a lot of new listeners, and it's been fun watching the the growth of the Joint Chiropractic. Uh, you know, maybe you could tell our new listeners or give us like a brief background on the Joint Chiropractic. Absolutely. The joint was founded in 1999 in Tucson, Arizona, by a doctor chiropractor who just really had this incredible vision. He wanted to take traditional chiropractic care, put it in a retail setting, make it accessible, make it affordable, you know, no, no appointments, uh, no insurance, and that in that process, and put it in that retail setting, which historically hadn't yeah. been done before. Right. And that in that process, that uh, it was an unbelievable success. And that as more and more patients were coming into the clinic and utilizing the services and just being so impressed by it, what so often happens in franchising in that retail space is your customers come in and say, oh, my gosh, this is so great. I love it. Yeah. Not only do I love your product or service, are you franchised? Right. And so they asked Dr. Garrison, hey, are you franchised? And he said, you know what, why not? <laughs> you know, right. So, like so many entrepreneurs that, uh, that had a great concept, and he's like, okay, I can do that. And so he started franchising. Now, he may have been a great doctor with a brilliant idea, yeah. but he was a really lousy franchisor. <laughs> <laughs> was he? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you know that, Peter, because you know what, what impresses me about you is, I mean, you've been in franchising for for such a long time. I've been doing this show such a long time now, and and you know, not to make you feel old, but I mean, you've been doing this just as long as anyone I've, I've had on the show. You know, so you, you've seen it all. It's and been over you, thirty-three years. Has oh, it really? Yes. Wow, uh, Lord. It goes so quick. you've seen it all, haven't you? You know, and it was interesting how you well, said, I you know, I've seen so, it all, but I've seen a lot. <laughs> you've seen a lot. And I'm sure there's more, there, there's more to come because I mean, when you were involved in franchising, I guess in the early days, I mean, you, you wouldn't think maybe, I guess not of, of franchising this, this type of concept. I, I got involved like in round, like, I guess, 1998, 1999, you know, and it was common, like burger franchises, pizza franchises, but you know, I think it's exciting to see, you know, all these new industries, franchising why not right i mean if you have a brand name and you have this this great model uh you know like like the joint chiropractic why not so it it, it makes sense but franchising is 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 a different animal and i guess that's how you kind of came into the picture because I, I can't tell you how many times we heard this story peter that, that you mentioned is that someone will come into your establishment and they say are you a franchise or can i franchise this concept and then the person's like okay well now what do i do you know and um, exactly that's where someone like you really comes in, you know, and it's great to see that, you know, that the joint has been, been doing so well. Maybe you could talk a little bit about, you know, what the joint's been up to since we last connected, Peter. Absolutely. So we, I think it was around 2018 we last spoke, and at that point we really had turned around the company because just to kind of finish yeah. up that story is so that the doctor really didn't understand how to build a franchise, but he had this really interesting concept. And so what happened is these two brothers actually saw one of the franchises operating in Austin, Texas, and said, oh, my gosh, this is exactly what I've been looking for. Mm-hmm. And so they acquired the concept from the original doctor. They hired a successful executive who really understood franchising. He was actually the founder of uh, Massage Envy, John Leonicio. Right. And so right. when when the Joint Corp, which is the company I work for, was founded in March of 2010, units of record that came into the new company. So 1999, wow. 2010, eight units. Let me tell you, that's right. not good franchising. <laughs> you know? no. So then no. in um, in uh, when we went public in November of 14, so that was less mm-hmm. than four years later from when the Joint Corp was founded, we had 242 units operating on the ground. Now, that's wow. franchising. Yeah, and, that is franchising. So, so that's, that's what you want to see. And that uh, in that process, the unique economics of this business model were so profitable that the owners of the company said, wow, we should think about adding a portfolio of corporate units to the system. Mm-hmm. And so we went public specifically to create resources to add to a, that portfolio of corporate units to the system, which we did. And so then right. if, if you look at in that 18-month period from 2014, we did a secondary round of 15. We raised about $32 million, and we built or bought uh, 61, uh, franchise, or 61 corporate units. Wow. And, that in, and, and so just imagine when we went public, we had zero friend, uh, corporate units. 18 right. months later, we had 61. And I can tell you, I mean, that's having spent so much time in this small box retail space. And what I mean is that thousand square feet in line, anchored mm-hmm. by the supermarket, you know, where you get a haircut or buy a frozen yogurt, right. and now get chiropractic care. And in, in, in that space, that um, it, to grow that quickly with those many corporate units in that short a period is an incredible challenge. And so at the I, time, okay. 
Sorry to cut you off, Peter. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry. So all that to say is that we, we got a little over our ski, and that's what really what brought me in. And so I, I came in to help reestablish a relationship with our franchise community, make sure those corporate units were profitable. And then 2018 is when we really got things turned around. Our franchise mm-hmm. relations continued to improve. We added uh, a few more corporate units to the system and that we have really not looked back since then. So today, I'm actually in November of last year, we, we celebrated the 500th opening of our, of our wow. units. We're operating in 34 great. states. And so we uh, are continuing to take advantage of people's interest in find, finding more uh, wholesome, non-invasive, natural ways to address the pain epidemic that this country is facing right now. It, it's it, it's what impressed me when I first talked to you several years ago, uh, Peter, was the, you know, the, the corporate strategy, you know, because I've, I've interviewed, I guess we're going on like 700 interviews up to this point, but it, it, it's interesting because some franchises, I mean, they only have like one unit or corporate unit and then they'll start franchising, you know, but, but you guys didn't do that, you know, and I think that's a clever approach because I, I mean, it really helps you understand the business and, and get you close to the customer, doesn't that? And I think that puts you at a strategic advantage, doesn't it? Absolutely. Uh, because we, we are out there facing the same challenges that our franchisees right. are, that whenever we are creating a program, we are the first ones to test it. We're the ones that have right. to make sure it's working. And if it doesn't, I mean, it's one thing if you're, okay, I want you as a franchisee to try this new program. But if you don't yeah. know, I mean, you're not exactly. going to feel the pain when it doesn't work. And so when you've got exactly. 61 units out there and you're saying to the franchisee, and believe me, it's like raising children in the sense that you, right. they're not going to listen to what you say. They're going to watch what mm-hmm. you do. Right. And, and so you can't be out there saying to your franchise community, oh, try this or do that or this is our standard if you're not holding yourself to that same standard. And believe me, they will call you out on it. Right. Yeah. That's that's amazing. It's um, McDonald's used to have the the old tagline is like you know billions of burgers or millions of, of burgers served. It, it makes me curious, Peter. I mean, you guys must be up to uh, I, it's, I must be around the million number, I, I guess, of, of customers you've served up to that th- this point, haven't you? Um, absolutely, more than that. And that if you look at uh, in terms of just a number of adjustments, because a lot of times our, mm-hmm. our patients are yeah. going to come in for more than one adjustment over the year. In fact, that's our membership based model where you join as a member and you get four adjustments a month for that you know, right. membership fee, and then you just you know, you know, pay it, you're automatically renewed for the next month. But in, in, that, in, in that process is that we're able to – excuse me, I just totally lost my train of thought on that. No, it's okay. That hap- uh, I, I can't tell you how often that happens to me. It's <laughs> okay. I was no, going it, down it, a path. Oh, yeah. I know. It. Oh, I, I, I found the rope. I found the okay. thread. <laughs> and so when you look at 2019, that uh, we did over 7 million adjustments. And wow. uh, what was also incredible. You know, really interesting, in, and that was on a base of a little over 500 uh, units operating in 34 states, That's that uh, what was interesting to me is that in that same year, we had 585,000 people open a door for the very first time to the joint. Well, that's our new wow. patients, and that, that was right. an incredibly exciting number. But even more exciting, out of that 585,000 patients who opened that door for the first time, 26% of them had never seen a chiropractor before. That's now, just think through that. So if you have a retail concept, because that's where most of my, my career has been is in retail, or just right. think about it on your own. You're a consumer. When's the last right. time that you opened a retail door and you had never used that product or service right. before? 
Exactly. And here we're talking 26% brand new, not just to your store, but to the concept, mm-hmm. to the industry, to your, to your product or service. And so that just, for me, reflects what a huge opportunity continues to exist uh, for, for the joint in the United States. Is that because, Peter, you think because, you know, it was interesting, and I, I think we had this conversation several years ago, is that, you know, people have this perception sometimes that going to a chiropractor is really expensive, you know, and, and, and that's, you know, the, the need that the joint chiropractic solved was, you know, we mentioned in the introduction, you know, we said is that you made chiropractic care more accessible, uh, you've made it more convenient, and you've made it more affordable than ever before. Um, do, do you think that's what it was? Was it like this perception issue of that, you know, you know, going for a chiropractor is only for, I don't want to say rich people, but people who have money. Um, and, and you've kind of overcome I, I that obstacle. Yeah, I, I think that's part of it. And, and we talk yeah. about this is that, listen, we're not revolutionizing chiropractic. Chiropractic has right. been around right. since the 19th century. Yes. And that it's a, you know, a highly fragmented industry. It's a, as you mentioned, it's a $15 billion industry. There's about 40,000 individual practitioners in this space. And so our, what we did was revolutionize access to chiropractic. So we're putting right. that in that place where you shop or where you get a haircut or buy a frozen yogurt. We're right. making it affordable. We're making it accessible. We're making it without, you know, like so convenient. So when you're yeah. sitting there and you're going into your, in your strip mall and going to your grocery store, and you're like, oh, I've got this pain. Oh, my gosh, there's the joint. That's not cannabis. That's chiropractic. I'll go in. Right, right. <laughs> so exactly. So just by making it affordable and accessible, it's where you are, is a huge impact on access to people coming into chiropractic. Because historically, it's been in medical facilities or office buildings or hard to find, and you don't right, know that much right. about it. And there's been a right. lot of, uh, especially for the baby boomers, uh, there's a lot of uh, thought about chiropractic is not real medicine. You know, it's quackery. It's kind of, you know, voodoo mm-hmm. medicine. And, mm-hmm. and that that's what the baby boomers really feel. But the millennials and the Generation X, they're they not carrying that same baggage. So they are looking right. for that more natural, holistic way to get out of pain. 39% of our patients are millennial. You know, 34% wow. are Generation X. And then it turns out 19% are baby boomers. So it's those younger people who don't have that same prejudice against chiropractic that as these clinics are going into this retail space, they're going, wow, I can try that. That seems clean. That seems affordable. Right. That seems professional. And that, you know, I mean, how, how bad can that be if it's only $29 for an initial adjustment consultation? Right, right. You know, exactly. Examination? So you get that, try, that, 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 that experience of trial and ease that's almost impossible to find in that traditional chiropractor set in the medical facility. It, it, it's interesting, Peter, because, you know, a lot of people, I, I'll, I'll use myself as an example, they, they probably wait sometimes, you know what I mean, before they go to see mm-hmm. a chiropractor. But it makes sense is, is what you guys are doing is I, I think once you have that customer in there and then you, you mentioned that you have the four, you know, following visits or three or four, four following visits, it, it becomes part of a person's I'm assuming maybe like routine you know what I mean where you have that Health customer like I was a capture and keeping a customer and that's that's probably what you guys do absolutely and then it's kind of interesting because I've actually been going to chiropractors for over 30 years almost as long wow. as I've been franchising yeah <laughs> and, wow. uh, and, uh, and, and I do it because it really helps me and historically I have mm-hmm. used my chiropractor as my handyman and so what happened, right. I get this lower back pain. It's like, Ugh! you know, so then I'd go into right. the chiropractor. I'd get a series of adjustments. I would feel better. 
when would I see my doctor again? When I got that pain again? And it could be six months, it could be a year, but I was truly treating that doctor as my handyman. I was broke. He would, I would come back when I was broke. Right, we don't right. See that. <laughs> this is what we're trying right. to do is say, you know what? Our mission is to improve quality of life through routine and affordable chiropractic care. And so what we would say to you is we're not handymen, we're gardeners. So we want you to come in regularly. You want to get that adjustment. You don't have to wait until you're in pain. We can keep you mobile, supple, living the life you're looking for by that routine and affordable chiropractic care. And when you look at the industry too, Peter, I, I think we might have mentioned this several years ago. You know, as you look at the pain industry, you know, I think we were mentioning, you know, how that causes even, you know, you look at the big picture, you know, and, and you say how it causes lost wages within the country. You know, I mean, when your back is hurting, oh, you know this. Massive. You know, it, it's you're right. You can't work. You know, even, I sit at a desk and I've had instances where my back is hurting and I felt like I couldn't do my job. You know, and there's other jobs, whether you're a waiter, right. waitress, bartender. Um, you, you know, it, it really has to become uh, part of our routine, doesn't it? Absolutely. Well, it's been estimated that the, the pain costs this country over $650 billion a year. That's a crazy And, and you just wow. touched on half of that is, is lost wages because you felt so bad you couldn't go to work. Right. And exactly. the other half of that is actually what we spend to get out of pain. And if you look wow. at 80% of the American people will have a, a back issue at some point in their lifetime, it's about $90 billion is spent on back pain alone. And then under wow. that $90 billion is that $15 billion that resides in chiropractic. So it is, it, it, it is a, a, another pandemic. Uh, right. that, that, that we are facing as a nation and trying to find a way to address our pain, whether it's caused by obesity, whether it's caused by opioids, whether it's caused by you know, you know, just the, the, the general life that we live, sitting in a chair, bent over a computer and you know, putting our spine at risk mm-hmm. every day. Right, right. That's something. The, I, I saw I was reading up um, on the joint, uh, Peter, and, and uh, it mentioned somewhere that I guess the goal was about, like, it looks like about 1,000 units by the end of, of 2023. Maybe you could talk a little bit more, more about that. Absolutely. And, and certainly, most of my career has been in this small box retail space. And, mm-hmm. and so what I would tell you is that the most powerful tool all of us in that space have to build our brand is our storefronts. You know, I'm not Procter & Gamble. I don't have $75 million to get you to change your toothpaste. And Mm -hmm. so what I have is storefronts and then those franchisees or corporate that are spending those local local store marketing dollars to educate you as a consumer to open that door for the first time. And so it's a real focus on to build the brand. To, to, to really get people aware that we're there. We know that storefronts is the most powerful tool that we have to do that. And it's, I, I would say over the years, I've seen kind of that, that benchmark or that milestone of 1,000 units in that space is where you really start being able to talk about a national presence. I and mean, we're really excited. Right. We have 530 units open at the end of this last quarter. But wow. that's not a true national presence across this country. And so when you hit that mm-hmm. thousand mark, you can do some higher levels of marketing and, and, and awareness. And it's really that ubiquitous nature that truly educates those consumers to, to come into our clinic for the very first time. And so that's why we're so focused on it. Right now, like I said, we have the 530 clinics. We believe that we can get to the thousand units by the end of 2023. And that will be driven more than anything else than the expansion of the market. So it's not right. simply 
you know, when we're opening up a clinic and we're taking away patients from a traditional chiropractor in the marketplace, what we're doing is bringing chiropractic to people who had never had it before. And that's back to that 26% of the people who had never even gone to a chiropractor before they opened our door. That's great. It's, it's interesting because a lot of the franchises we have on the show, Peter, I mean, you know, many of them don't even have up to like even a hundred units, you know, you guys are well over that. Um, I'm, I'm sure that 100 is a milestone. You're, you're way over that. And, you know, of course it helps you with economies of scale. And uh, of course it helps you right. with branding. I know we have, we have about, there's a, a, a joint uh, chiropractic uh, not far from the Philadelphia area. I don't know if you've ever been to that one over there, but uh, I have not been to that one, but I know we have, we, we have, yeah, a, a well, yeah, right, how could you do that? <laughs> right, exactly. So <laughs> I, I, I know we have I one. I try to get to like, a lot of them. Yeah, right. How do you get to every single one of them is, is impossible, but you know, it, I mean, it's nice just to, to see that growth and, 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 you know, the economies of scale when, when you're at, you know, if you, if you were at a franchise show, Peter, you know, and the, someone, you know, came up to your booth and, you know, the typical question, cause you've been to so many of them is, you know, so what do you guys do? How do you, um, how do you explain the model to a, let's say a prospective franchisee? Sure. And what I would tell you, Marty, is if anybody actually takes the time to really look at the, the unit economics of this business model and that yeah. uh, we've had some really robust item 19 so that uh, yeah. I, I say had because in 2020, just given some of the state regulations with the impact right. of COVID-19 is that we yeah. pulled our, our traditional, very detailed P&L um, and, and, and sell, you know, very, very robust item 19 because it's some of the state regulators are saying that even if that's what your numbers were in 2019, that can't be used to understand what's happening in 2020, and therefore we're asking you to pull it all. And, right. and so we have. But if you right. go back to 2019, you'll see a robust unit economics model uh, that, right. that, that really shows the, how this, this concept performs. Mm-hmm. And that the challenge you face in that uh, in, in those new franchisees who who are looking for to do something different, and this is what I've right. learned in in, the, in my thirty plus years of franchising, mm-hmm. is franchises franchisees are drawn to what's important to them. So this right. this isn't just right. simply okay. What how much money can I make? How much money is mm-hmm. the best? And what do I get? What's my return? Is that right. they, those people who are into frozen yogurt are different than do automotive off aftermarket. They're different than do grocery and right. business and communication services. They're yeah. different than do vending. And yeah. so it's almost a self qualifying process. But the challenge in our industry specifically is I'm going to tell you is that the first concept that a prospect comes in with is like. Oh wow, chiropractic! I've never even heard of that being franchised. <laughs> right, right. And then they say to themselves, like, "Oh my, if that's franchised, oh, you've got to be a doctor." <laughs> right. <laughs> so exactly. What happens? So so. Oh, I can't be. I I can't be a, a chiropractic franchisee because right. uh, I didn't even know it's franchised. I'm not a doctor. Right. And what right. It turns out of our franchise community, about one third is in fact the uh, doctor of chiropractic. Okay. And the other two thirds, of course, are hiring the doctor. Wow. And so it's really helping them understand. And I think what where we are finding more and more uh, space and interest is one of the fastest growing areas in franchising in the country today. You know this is health and wellness. Right, and, of course. And so it's 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 the you know the yoga you know, studios, it's the the stretch labs, it's the it's it's yep. anything that is focused on people's health and wellness is, has a, a resonance today that's different than I've certainly seen in my career. And so when you're doing that search, people fall into chiropractic and they have to go over those two kind of 
misconceptions like what chiropractic is franchised what right i don't have a doctor to be a franchise but once you get there i mean what's really interesting is that you know that in franchising if you look at from first contact to closed deal that Mm -hmm. there's a lot of stats out there the the, the close rate runs a little around a little over one percent so mm-hmm. 100 people right. contact you at some level. 10 may, you get to a point where you're sharing more information. And one, you know, and maybe one or two, if you're really good, will turn around right. and actually acquire the franchise. And the, right. our close rate runs much higher than that. We're running around a 3 to 4% close rate. Wow. And I think part of it is once they get through those two misconceptions and start really yep. digging into understanding the model, it becomes compelling. It's been a common theme on our show too, Peter, you see, you know, is to look towards the industry, you know, and you, you guys are certainly in the right place at the right time, you know, and I, I think that's, that's so important. Uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about the training, Peter, you know, I, I mean, is it still the same? Do they still come out to corporate headquarters? How does that work? Well, pre-COVID, absolutely. You know that we have we have a, you know four phases of training. So we have observation in the field. We have our in-class training in the office. Then we go back out to the field, and then right. you have your ongoing, uh, you know, your initial and ongoing training from from right, right there. Right. And and quite frankly, uh, in in light of COVID, is that one of the things we've been working on for the last three months is to completely restructure that in-classroom training to online. Sure. Uh, and yeah. so that our first full online course will be taking place in July. Uh, wow. We're continuing to sell franchises. You know, we talked about on our, you know, because being public, you know, we, we, we share a lot of information. And that mm-hmm. uh, in April, uh, well, first in the first quarter from January to end of March, we sold 24 licenses. But, okay, you had two and two and a half months of a great quarter then that was punctuated by COVID. But if you look at April, and April in most venues, we're on a traditional fiscal year. So it ends on December 31st, which means that we have to renew our FTD at the end of April. And so you're moving to that new agreement. And it's not unusual that the franchisees want to sign the old agreement because they don't want to do whatever your new material changes are in the new one. Right. So if you go back to 2000. Saying is that we're we're still selling franchises, and then April of yeah. thirty, uh, April of two thousand nineteen, we actually sold thirty licenses in April nineteen because people wow. want to sell and sign the new, the older agreement before it goes to the new FDD. Right, right. Well, in in April of twenty, we sold six. Now you're going, huh. oh my gosh, you sold only six compared to thirty. Right. But I'm like, oh my gosh, right, right. and that. And that where the full month of the pandemic is racing across this nation, you're still out there selling six franchises, <laughs> which is right. And from right. My exactly. An, an amazing testimony to the, the, the long-term, the belief in the long-term viability of this concept. And I think that the factors that you look at that are driving our business are only increasing. Uh, regardless of the COVID-19. And yes, the COVID-19 is impacting the way in which we're running our clinics and the way we're training to our clinics. I mean, we, like every other franchise system, are making fundamental changes to the way in which we operate our business in light of this COVID-19 environment. Uh, but I think that the fundamentals of why our concept is so sound and why it continues to grow at this accelerated pace aren't changing. It was interesting. I was reading, <clears throat> Peter, I, I said by the end of April, 90% of the joint's uh, clinics remained open amid coronavirus uh, pandemic. Uh, how did, how, you mentioned some of them, but how, how else did the joint support, you know, those franchisees during this tough time? Well, we, we just, like I think everybody else, I mean, once this hit, it was just everything was focused on how to respond. 
and we right. came out very right. early. We worked with the, the, the chiropractor associations to to declare that we were in fact an essential healthcare service. Exactly. And again, right. this is this is being defined state by state. And that right. uh, so we took a leadership role. We said that we will be open wherever and whenever we can. Right. That, uh, and we did. And, and at one point, the most we had closed a little over 10% of our network was closed at a certain point. Uh, mm-hmm. In the state of Colorado, we actually were, we have 28 clinics in Colorado. And based on mm-hmm. the governor's directive there is that we were literally forced to shut down all 28 clinics. Now, wow. since then, the directive has been refined, and so we're now right. back in operation. But there's just been, you know, an unbelievable change in the level of communication and, and connection that we've had with our franchise community. So we we used to do quarterly town hall meetings. Well, now we have our COVID-19 town hall every week. We just recently mm-hmm. moved it to a two-week basis. We're having webinars almost weekly on how to market in a pandemic environment, you know, how to right. apply for your PPP loan, how to make sure your PPP loan is turned into a grant versus a loan. How to, I mean, just right. on and on and on and on about all these things that these franchisees need to address, you know, you know how to operate in this kind of environment. I think that, and I, I, I was talking to a number of franchisors, and I think so many of us are in these industries that are so fragmented, a franchise is just a part of it. And I think what you're going to see, whether it's in hair care or chiropractic or frozen desserts, is that the independents are going to be having enormous difficulties to, to come out of this, to, mm-hmm. to not go bankrupt, to be able to survive. Right. And it's really, I think, the the change, the franchise systems that can rally together, that can support each other, can utilize this marketing to protect each other, that truly will be the ones that survive and thrive in this crazy environment. You mentioned that strong word, Peter, and I think it's probably one of the reasons you, you there's probably more of many reasons why you love franchising, but that support would ser- certainly help you through these times. I mean, imagine going at this alone, you know, that, that individual okay. chiropractor just going at this alone. How how would they do that? Talk about the stress, you know. I mean, that would be very difficult, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, and again, there's so much strength. And, and this is one of our mantras is we support each other. We protect each other. That, that, that we, we will get together. We will survive and thrive, uh, you know, by, by operating as one, one common group with a, with a, a desire to build a brand. Uh, right. As opposed to, you know, independent competitors who are just trying to figure this out. One of the things I wanted to go back to, Peter, is, you know, you mentioned that the two-thirds of, of the franchisees, you know, were, were not, didn't have that medical background. And who are they, if you could describe them? I mean, are they kind of like a husband and wife kind of um, characteristic? Or, but who are these people? Sure. And, Marty, what I would say is that what I've been seeing over the last several years is an increasingly sophisticated franchisee that comes into the market. They're entrepreneurs, yeah. that they may be involved mm-hmm. in other franchise concepts. Uh, we've had mm-hmm. a number of, uh, quite frankly, uh, Planet Fitness franchises that, you know, that wow. their territory is growing up. They have the infrastructure. They love the, 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 some, the, uh, the space of health and wellness, even though they're right. very different businesses. Right. But they're similar enough that they can. They say, "Wow, I can leverage my 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 existing overhead to support this concept at the yep. same time as build out the, yeah. the joint." Uh, so we're seeing, uh, you know, that that more sophisticated franchisee, whether it's coming out of QSR or you know other health and wellness concepts, that are interested in expanding their control in the market that they serve. Um, that we certainly can do, still do those 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 independent mom and pops. You know, we still absolutely have you know increasingly more doctors who come to us 
uh, and recognizing that they're either abandoning their their practice to work with us, or they're adding the joint to their you know not to their practice but to their portfolio because of the you know the the, the power of this business model in chiropractic. Mm-hmm. And so, my my general description of the type of people who are coming into the joint is, I would say, an increasingly more sophisticated multi-unit franchisee that's really drawn to the concept. That's great. I have to ask you, Peter, because you've been doing this such a long time, uh, what advice would you give to our listeners in their quest to buy a franchise? Because you know now, I mean, there, there's so many more industries franchising to 30 years ago when you started, and you know, there's just so much to choose from. We find that a lot of our listeners, they, they simply just don't know where to begin. They don't even know what questions to ask. So, I mean, from everything you've learned up to this point, what, what would you say to our listeners? Sure. First of all, what I would say more than anything else, follow your passion. Uh, this is what mm-hmm. I love about franchising. This is why I'm in this for 33 years is that yeah. you, you, they, people, uh, you know, it, 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 I was reading a statistic the other day, 75% of the American workers disengage from the work that they do, which is just yeah. a tragedy. I mean, because we spend most of our lives at work and right. we disengage from it. I just got, oh my gosh. One of the reasons I can't leave this franchise space is I very rarely find a disengaged franchisee because however they got uh-huh. there, if they're putting their life savings on the line and they want to be a part of your network and they're going to hold you right. accountable. And they're going to, that passion may be positive or negative, but they are not disengaged. And right. so what I would say, especially for in the small box retail space, is find something that's really meaningful to you because that's how you make sure that you have that vested interest. Now, just the very concept of franchising is vested because you're putting up your life savings typically to make this concept work. My next thing is you want to do the due diligence. You want to make sure that you're truly understanding that that what are the roles and responsibilities that you as a franchisee and from your franchisor, and then you can hold each other accountable to that. I I, I would say one of the biggest challenges I've seen in franchising is mismanaged expectations. So that mm. poor little franchisee coming in thinking, oh, I'm going to pay you or my franchise fee, and aren't you going to mm-hmm. run this business for me? No, mm-hmm. I'm not going to run this business for you. It's your business. Right, <laughs> you know? right. You exactly. And so exactly. it's really important to set that standard right up front so that, listen, these are the things that you can expect from me. These are the things that I'm going to be expecting from you. And when we have clarity right. on this, there's, there's mm-hmm. such a power in that relationship and so you're going to be looking for a franchisor who has a, that understanding of, of what they can do for you, what they should do for you, and then also what you need to do for the system. This is your business. Right. This isn't, right. You know, I'm not, yep. I, I, I have this conversation all the time with the franchisees. You know, like, they're asking the question, how much money can I make? Right question. I'm telling you, if that franchise prospect came into my office and said, hey, I don't care how much money I make. I just love chiropractic. I'm like, okay, next. <laughs> Go do chiropractic. This is a business. <laughs> so exactly. you're asking the right question. How much money can right. I make? And then I always have the same answer. And you know what? It's look in the mirror. Are you right. kidding? You tell me yeah. how hard you're going to work. You tell me how, how, how well you'll follow my system. You tell me what you're going to do to build your business. And we can start talking about outcome. And so it's right up front is a franchisee. Um, understand that, that, that yes, you're getting it being in business for yourself and not by yourself. And that's right. a, it's that dynamic tension that is the power of the franchise model. It really is. And so it's important that you understand that going into it. So, no, 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 I'm not just buying a proven system that all I have to do is show up. 
I would say this, again, we're public. I say, look, if you don't want to do the hard work of retail, because my experience is in any concept I've ever worked with, it's been a heck of a lot of work. Right. And you know what? Buy the stock. It goes up, it goes mm-hmm. down. You don't have to do anything. Good point. <laughs> but That's a great if you, want to, if you want to be a franchisee, then you know what? It's a lot of work. And yeah. if you don't, and, and you have to make sure they understand that. And if you don't want to work that hard, if, I, 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 don't care, I don't care what concept it is. And retail is just yeah. a heck of a lot of work. Of course. And I want you to understand that up front. And that's how we make sure that we don't have these mismanaged expectations, which you've seen can just pull apart a franchise system. Wow, that's a great response. So, so now, Peter, that we're beginning to see cities and states reopen, we're starting to see some light here, even in Pennsylvania. What's the joint's responsibility to getting America moving again? Well, we feel a very serious responsibility because what's happened, 60% of the American people have been working at home. They're, they're sitting and they just sink into their couch. They're, 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 yep. they're leaning over yeah. on their computer. They, they're yeah. putting their spine at risk. I mean, really. And, yeah. you know, and then That's they're trying right. to battle the kids and they're not at right. school. And the <laughs> other, your spouse is trying to yeah. find their space. And, I mean, it's a madhouse. <laughs> yep, <laughs> really it is. is. <laughs> and 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 your spine is at risk, and so it's really important is to take care of yourself. I mean, you know, you, you know, make yeah. sure that you're getting up, make sure you're stretching, make sure you're drinking enough water. You know, right. you know when and, and when you're in that pain, you don't have to wait. You can actually go into a chiropractor and get an adjustment, and really help yourself. And we and we think right. that there actually is an opportunity here to help educate the American consumer about the power and efficacy of chiropractic. If you look at the stats, 50% of the American people don't even know what the word means. And then wow. you have about 30% who are just, they know it's bone cracking or back breaking. Right. And it's like, ooh, I'm really scared. Right, and, right. And with a story, with an understanding, you know, to help them overcome that fear, you know, talking to a friend or a family member who's had a positive experience with chiropractic, they can go, wow. Right. You know, I think I can try that. And then you have about 16% of the American people who actually use chiropractic on a regular basis. So that's the opportunity for us is that we're coming out of this, you know, our, our, our homes, we're, we're in poorer shape than we ever had been before. Mm-hmm. Everybody's talking about, right. yes, COVID-19, but it's also the COVID-19 pounds that they put on while they were working <laughs> from true. home too close right. to the refrigerator exactly. and not exercising. Yep, and, exactly. And, and, and so here, here's, here's an opportunity to take care of yourself. And, and, and to protect your spine. And that, so we, we think that there really is a space where we can um, help America move again. And that we have a promotion that's coming up to reflect that. That's wonderful. Well, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed talking to you again, Peter. What's the best way for our listeners to get more information on the Joint Chiropractic, Peter? Are there any websites you can kind of direct them to or, or numbers they can call? Absolutely. You know, the, the best place to go is uh, jointfranchise.com. Uh, okay. You also joint.com that's our, our our consumer website uh, okay. they're specifically interested in franchising they can find it from there but they also can go to the jointfranchise.com and we have a very robust uh, website that gives you a lot of information about what are the next steps to learn more about the concept to go forward that's wonderful well, as i mentioned peter it's great again to, to speak with you i'm going to invite you back again in another two or three years to, to follow up because i i think uh, you know this is a wonderful franchise opportunity uh, Marty, I appreciate the words, and uh, I'll be waiting for that call. Uh, keep up the great work. <laughs> been, thank you, Peter. It's been great to talk to you again. We'll be right back with more franchise yep. interviews. 
Coming up on segment two, you're going to hear what every franchisepreneur needs to know before buying a franchise. We're going to play a clip from our popular Great Quotes in Franchising podcast right here on Franchise Interviews. Franchisers, are you looking to reach aspiring entrepreneurs looking to buy a franchise? Are you looking to reach a highly educated audience on franchising? For over eight years, Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Our weekly franchise radio show where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts and attorneys, and our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Hi, everyone. This is Marty McDermott, the president of Franchise Interviews, and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising. Reach podcast, you get to hear a great quote in franchising. Well, one of the shows I strongly recommend listening to if you're an aspiring entrepreneur is Stop Riding the Pine. And the show is hosted by Jamie Jay. And Jamie is an amazing interviewer. He speaks with entrepreneurs on a variety of topics. And I had the pleasure of appearing on Stop Riding the Pine. And one of the topics that Jamie and I was were focusing on were key elements to successful franchising. So this particular clip of Great Quote in Franchising, we're going to call this There's No Creativity in Franchising, and we're going to explain why. What do I want this franchise to do for me? You know, um, why are you considering getting into franchising? Because, you know, a lot of times people that get into franchising, Jamie, I think probably should not get into franchising. They'll go into it for the wrong reasons. Well, they'll see the success of one franchise and they'll say, God, I wish I owned one of these. But right. that doesn't mean that they should necessarily buy into a Dunkin' Donuts franchise. And sometimes they go into the wrong franchise opportunity. So they might be suited for a franchise but they're getting into the wrong franchise, you know? Um, so I, I think you really have to be, um, you really have to be open, you mm-hmm. know, to, um, uh, to all the different categories that are out there. Um, again, going deep within yourself and asking yourself, what do I want this franchise to do for me? If you don't want to work on weekends, you know, then, um, you know, don't get into, you know, uh, one of these like children franchises where they're real busy on Saturdays or Sundays, you know, so you have to say, you know, what do I want it to do for me? You know, and you ask yourself those deep, um, those deep rooted questions. Perfect. Perfect. I think that's huge. It's, it's very important for people to not jump into something. Absolutely. Because it's expensive too, Jamie. I mean, a lot of times, you know, you're signing a 10 year contract, you know, which mm-hmm. is, um, uh, 10 years of your life, you know, you know, it's it's a long time, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's oh my gosh. Like, I, I won't compare it to the, the sanctity of marriage, you know, but right. <laughs> sometimes it, 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 it goes further than that, you know. I mean, having that, that 10-year commitment, you know, so it is a very big commitment um, financially. It's a big commitment. Um, I think you have to have the support from your family, you know, whether it's it's, it's your wife and your children, because the first year – Typically, from what I've learned in doing this show such a long time now, is um, it, it takes a long time to, to, to get it off the ground. Even if it is a Subway franchise or you know a very recognizable brand name, you're still going to be putting a lot of work into it. You know, so right. you might be missing that time from your family. And, and you know, um, sometimes people get into franchising for the wrong reasons as well. Maybe they'll have a bad day at work, you know, and they say, "Oh, I hate my boss." You know, I'm I, out of here. <laughs> I want to be my own boss. You know, 
And, you know, again, franchising may not be the best alternative for that type of person. You know, there's so many different types of of levels of, of entrepreneurship. You know, franchising is just one. I mean, you could just initially start your own business where you get to be the creator. You know, there's no, I hate to say this, but there's no creativity in franchising sometimes. You know, I mean, you have to follow somebody else's creation and that's okay for some people you know for me it, it wouldn't be you know be and, and i'm assuming in, in getting to know you over time you know you might have trouble with that as well because again you like to create you know i i, I couldn't get outside of the outside of the structure but i understand why that would be a good thing because exactly okay, they've been there they've done that you won't make the same mistakes that that the original franchisor made because they found the solutions along the way and that's part of the attraction for exactly exactly i just i published um yeah, it sounds like I'm bragging Jamie but I just got one of uh, a a paper published in uh, You deserve it. <laughs> a if you'd like to hear that whole interview with Jamie J of Stop Riding the Pine, all you have to do is go to stopridingthepine.com and you can hear the whole podcast. And lastly, we just want to thank everyone for making this podcast such a big success. We've, it's hard to imagine that we've been doing it now 10 years ago. It was one of the things I was talking about with Jamie on the show is the longevity of the show is, you know, what started out to be a, a one month project turned out to be 10 years. So I just want to thank everyone for, um, listening to the podcast and, and, and making it such a success. So thanks, everyone. We'll see you again soon with another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising from Franchise Interviews. Take care, everyone. Franchise Interviews. From Eastern Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews.